Life Audio. The problem with anxiety is not actually just the feeling, it's what we do to relieve anxiety. It's when we take matters into our own hands to try to relieve that anxiety. And oftentimes, what that looks like over the course of a life is a life that begins to get smaller, not bigger. Rather than finding more and more freedom by protecting ourselves, we find that we are actually having to make decisions based on how this anxiety feels within us rather than making decisions based in freedom. And because as a people of God, we are called to bold and courageous action, when our lives are getting smaller and smaller because of the fear of what we think might happen, we actually are out of accord with God's purpose and design for our lives. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to our How to Study the Bible podcast. I'm Nicole Yunus, your host, your pastor, your coach, your friend, here to help us as we all attempt to navigate this time with joy and freedom, despite the uncertainties and difficulties. And today we're going to talk about finding peace in anxiety. How do we relate with, engage with, understand our fear, and how do we cope with it in a way that is both gentle and kind with ourselves, but also forward thinking and hopeful that we wouldn't become paralyzed and stuck in our anxiety. So let's take a look at why we struggle with fear and anxiety so deeply, and then what God has to say about it. So first of all, let's just all embrace the reality that fear is real, and it's because we have real and actual things to fear. So often in the conversation about anxiety, particularly in Christianity, it can feel like there's this sense that because the Bible tells us not to fear, that must mean that when you fear anything, you are sinning. And the reality is we have been built as creatures in God's design to be people who have signals of fear that require us to respond. It's a survival tactic. It's a survival mechanism. We are built inherently with a fear of pain, with a fear of death, with a fear of suffering, with a fear of being alone, because those are the kinds of uh, sort of instinctual drives that create in us the desire to protect ourselves, to uh, join with each other, to survive, to flourish with one another. We need those things. Babies are born with a fear magnet in them so that they know that when things are hot, you don't touch them. And when things taste bitter, you don't eat them because they can be poisonous. We have real fear. Fear itself is not the actual problem. The problem is when our fear crosses over to anxiety. And when I think about anxiety, I think about a brooding sort of thought life, a worrisome way of dealing with relationships, a lack of vulnerability and openness with others. We disguise that fear behind control and we call it protection and we call it being um, safe and But in reality, what we're doing is actually responding to a deep fear within that is driving, it's sort of this anxious energy that's driving us toward uh, decisions that we're making. So how, as Christians, do we actually live as people who have fear, but don't allow fear to dictate the way that we live? What's the difference between common sense and anxiety? And I think a lot of that has to do with what's going on on the inside of us in these times where we're experiencing fear or anxiety. 
So if we all deal with anxiety, why do we even really need to address it? Well, the problem with anxiety is not actually just the feeling. It's what we do to relieve anxiety. It's when we take matters into our own hands to try to relieve that anxiety. And oftentimes what that looks like over the course of a life is a life that begins to get smaller, not bigger. Rather than finding more and more freedom by protecting ourselves, we find that our world feels more and more confined and restrained. We find that we are actually having to make decisions based on how this anxiety feels within us rather than making decisions based in freedom. And because as a people of God, we are called to bold and courageous action, and because as a people of God, we're called to vulnerable love with other people, when our lives are getting smaller and smaller because of the fear of what we think might happen, we actually are out of accord with God's purpose and design for our lives. So we very much want to address the anxiety that we feel, whether that's a full-blown sense of paralysis in your life or even just a low-lying kind of brooding energy that's within you that is keeping you from being able to be present. I think that's one of the, the most clear ways you know if your anxiety is creating a problem for you because anxiety makes you do things that you don't want to do and it takes you out of the present. It makes you not able to stay in the moment that you're in, to enjoy the moment you're in, to be fully present in your relationships and in your experiences because you're constantly protecting, self-protecting, and anticipating what might come next with fear. When our bodies and minds are in that heightened agitated state. It is a very stressful place to stay. So everything in us is revving and becomes very tired from that experience. That's another way we know that we might be dealing with anxiety. You may, for the first time in your life, particularly in this season of this pandemic, be experiencing anxiety like never before. So no matter where you are on the spectrum, it's a wonderful time to turn to God's word and to find comfort, hope, and really practical ways forward when it comes to dealing with fear, which is a universal human experience. And often when it comes to something like anxiety, I actually think it's better for us to explore one sort of thought more deeply than to cover a lot of scripture. So we're just going to look at one verse together, actually just one phrase from one verse together and apply the Alive Method to understand how we might use this as a way for us to cope and really find peace in our anxiety. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. 
Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. The verse is in Colossians 3.16, and it says, Let the word of God dwell in you richly. So let's look at what that says using our first step in the Alive Method. What does it say? And I just, I want to just explore every single word in this verse. Are you ready to come with me? Here we go. The first word in this phrase was let. When you think about let, think about what it could be. It could it could be more strong than that, but actually let means allow it, invite it, put yourself in a position to receive it. It's a gentle word. Let just means in all the choices you have to make, make this choice, invite this in. The next word is the word of God, that phrase, the word of God. There's only one word of God. There is the truth of God, the light of God, the word of God as expressed through scripture, the word of God as expressed through the spirit. We know that Jesus himself was the word of God. So as expressed through the way that Jesus walked and moved and related to people, let that word do what? Dwell. And the word dwell is this verb that means to to, to live. If I'm going to dwell with someone, we're going to relate. We're going to walk side by side. We're going to do life together. To dwell is to be settled into a place with something. And Colossians 3.16 is saying, invite this living word in to live in you, in you richly. And that's sort of our last word, richly, not not with scarcity, but with abundance. And richly sort of has that feeling of a feast. It's not a snack. It's not junk food. It doesn't just like feed you for a little while. Richly is like this deep, full, round experience that encompasses all of life. And the invitation that Paul has to the church through this letter in Colossians and the invitation that Paul has for us is to let, to invite the word of God, all of the word of God actually dwell in us richly. And I think that what we're doing here when we're struggling with anxiety that keeps us from the present and moves us into a fear-based life is we're, we're taking the invitation to, instead of focusing on that fear, to actually focus on the word of God and to allow the word of God while dwelling in us richly to change our perspective and to address our fears, to comfort us in our fears, and to actually give us the strength to be courageous where courage is required. So now we've thought deeply about what it means to let the word of Christ, invite the word of Christ in to dwell richly in our hearts. So what's the backstory of this phrase of scripture? What's going on here? Well, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church, and this is in a passage, within a passage, where he's explaining what it really looks like to live as a child of God. It starts in the beginning of chapter three, and we kind of get the the vision for this passage in verse one, where it says, hey, since you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your set your mind on 
things above, not on earthly things. So in the whole context of everything that's going to happen next, we can now see that Paul is giving us guidelines for how we actually go about setting our hearts on things above. And one of the things that anxiety does is it sets our hearts on things on earth. It sets our hearts on fear. (laughs) That's what we're doing when we're anxious. But when we're in Christ, we're actually setting our heart on things above. And one of the ways that we're meant to do that is what we just read. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts in verse 15. In verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So I want to give you one technique that over the years has been one that I return to time and time again as a way to actually set my heart on things above. Because it's easy to say it as we're listening to this podcast, sure, of course I want to set my heart on things above. But when I'm feeling panicked, when I can't stop thinking about bad news, when I can't stop imagining the worst case scenario, when I feel like the fear is overwhelming me, well, then how exactly do I let the word of God dwell in you richly? And the way that I've seen that has worked better for me than anything else is taking God's word, truly letting it dwell richly by taking a phrase or a short verse from God's word and truly setting my mind on that verse, repeating that verse, breathing it in and out, actually entering in and engaging with letting it dwell richly. Here are a few of my favorites. Psalm 51 verse 12, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Do you know what is a great antidote to anxiety? Joy. It is really hard, albeit possibly impossible, to be both joyful and anxious at the same time. So Psalm 51, 12, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Romans 8, 37, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Psalm 42, 11, O my soul, place your hope in God. Psalm 32, 7, You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Although I like to change that to a breath prayer and I say, I am still because you are God. The antidote to anxiety is joy and stillness. The antidote to anxiety is contentment and setting our hearts on things above. Now, does that mean the anxiety goes away forever? Absolutely not. Does it mean that our fears aren't real? No. But it does mean that we have a God who calls himself a comforter. We have a God who says that he will be our hiding place, that he is a refuge in times of trouble, that he is a rock. And in times where the anxiety feels like it threatens to overwhelm, we can go to our God who is actually more powerful than our fear. Just when we feel like we can't go on, he will provide the strength that we need. Let the word of God dwell in you richly this week and every time that anxiety strikes and see if you don't discover a deep and new and settled and secure peace that absolutely passes understanding. Talk with you next week. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens, and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called, Help, My Bible is Alive, 
And you can find a link to that, plus a link to Nicole's site, in today's show notes. Scripture and brain science agree. Meditating on God's Word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's Word, listen to the Spirit, and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.